On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Oh, I am so excited about this Second Shot Sit Down, you guys. Um, you know me and my sort of toxin-free journey. I've talked about it a lot on the show and, and just at various points. And there's someone who is kind of like the queen of this. She was really at the forefront. And you may not even make the connection that this is a better for you product. Have you seen poopery? Have you been in someone's restaurant? Do you maybe, maybe have it at your own home? Well, Susie Batiste is the founder of poopery. She is also coming out with a line called supernatural, which is a word that I would like to start using more regularly in everyday conversation. I love it so much. Welcome, Susie. Good to see you. Hi, good to see you. Oh my gosh. Congratulations on all of the things. Thank you. It's fun. Let's go back. And I, and I know that so many people are familiar with you and familiar with, you know, your story and your products, but I want to go like way, way pre-poopery. What was little Susie like? What was your upbringing like? Oh my gosh. Well, I grew up in Arkansas. And, uh, you know, we have two versions of the story. You know, we have the tough, life was tough version. You know, I was married to a bipolar alcohol. I mean, my um, mom was married to a bipolar alcoholic. Mm -hmm. She was depressed on pain pills. So my first memory was cooking at four years old for my parents, like feeling this need to take care of them. My parents divorced and, uh, you know, my stepdad entered. When I, when I was 10, they divorced. So imagine your parents divorcing and you're happy. Like I was happy. I thought, oh my God, the fighting's over. Right. We're actually you had gonna... six years of it at least. I had ten. Or more. Okay. Ten it years. Was all like so that. yeah, it was all like that. So just really violent fights, and I thought, oh my God, this is it. That's it. We get out. And my mom married my stepdad, molested. I was raped at 16. I was married, divorced, and bankrupt by the time I was 20 years old. I tried to kill myself when I was 21. I was in an abusive marriage and pregnant at 23. Escaped that marriage with two children at about 26. And then I was married to my um, previous husband that I just got a divorce from. We were married for 26 years. And in that time, I had a daughter. So I have three children, It's amazing. Um, and I had a gazillion businesses. So I was that person that, I mean, I've sold gearboxes, I've sold truckloads of gearboxes, fabric. I've um, used to paint clothes and go around and sell them to beauty shops out of the trunk of my car. Like I was always hustling, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it you've was had like, that in you. I was a hustler, yeah. I thought, I gotta get out, money. I have to get money, because money's gonna get me out of this worthless state of being, which was just what I grew up with, right? Well, I mean, I'm guessing resources were tight. Right. Resources so were tight. That you would look for love, money, whatever you didn't have. Yes, and I thought that was going to make me happy. And and let me guess, drum roll, please, did it initially. Yeah, second bankruptcy when I was 38, 
and uh, lost what I considered everything. When I say everything, you know, I had my family, you know, really that's everything, yeah. but our psyche is, you know, like, oh my God, I've lost everything. I'm worthless, I'm a failure. So I went into had it like a spiritual sabbatical. Like I did not, I guess still get teary thinking about it. I didn't want to live. So I did the proverbial, I got down on my knees and I told God like, you're gonna have to take me because I'm done, mm -hmm. like I'm done. I really thought, I, I really told God like, give me a disease, give me something so I can leave this planet. Like I didn't want it. I wasn't gonna abandon my children, of course, by my own but, making, but which is crazy. Like, but you were in that place. And listen, this is something people can relate to because yeah. you know, a lot of us have been there. And so you were in that place where you thought, I don't want to do anything bad to them, but it would be easier if I slipped away. Totally. Yeah. Can I just slip away and not do this? Because I was exhausted, you know, for 40 years of my life was just, I always said I felt like I was at the top of a double black diamond ski run and I lost a ski and I was just tumbling, you know, I would just mm -hmm. be from one thing to the next to the next and just really fighting. And, um, then I started the spiritual journey, went to this amazing workshop, um, Byron Katie's, walked out 10 days later actually happy. And I was like, oh my God, I started getting my happiness back. And then I became just really happy. And I had no desire for money, no desire for business. I actually thought I was the worst entrepreneur on the planet. Because you felt like, well, these businesses aren't working. And All so why, why do I keep yeah. doing this? And I don't know, we've made a list before, but it was at least 12 businesses. Like I was just always doing something. That's not counting the what, tiny ones. What made you go back? What, what made you keep, because um, there's something special about somebody that keeps trying, because it's like, are they, are they, do they have a lot of grit or are they, you know, a little bit off the rock? Or like, what made you keep trying during those times? Or was it all that you knew how to do? It was all I knew how to do and it was a combination. I think I was both had a lot of grit and was completely off my rocker, right? Yeah, <laughs> it takes two. <laughs> but the off the rocker part were the, my values, right? The off the rocker part is that I was screwed up, not knowing that my internal state of being and my children and love of my family was actually the value that I had and what I was seeking. And I thought this external world, something outside me was gonna give me something that I didn't have inside. So when I started feeling up and, and my life started being, my internal world shifted to where I was actually happy. I didn't need anything externally, right? And was it, was it then that the idea for Poopery came about or? It was how, about how two years go? after that. So I really sat at home. I had, I did a little interior design company on the side. I was barely of course, working. Of you can't help yourself no, but, I can't. but to do your own business. Exactly. <laughs> so I was just sort of playing around. I started faux finishing and it ended up being interior design. And uh, I was happy, you know, I was making just enough money to pay the bills. And, um, and then all of a sudden, one day, this idea for poopery comes about. And let me backtrack. I had always been that person working with essential oils. Oh, okay. So I'd always geared towards natural products. Like I was vegetarian way before it was cool. Okay. You know, vegan way before it was cool. Okay. So I've gone through all kinds of stints. Um, but I believe it's because, let's go back to the good part of the story in that I was raised very resourceful because I didn't have money. I thought about making things, not about buying them. Oh, 
Okay. Which like fits it fits into the whole thing, and you're being more earth friendly, and it's that ends up being better for you, Completely. and all of those different things. Completely. Yeah, yeah, my granny had a three acre garden, so I grew up with her with a three acre garden. I th I grew up with my mom with processed food. Think about it. In the '60s and '70s, processed food started entering. So I grew up with these two worlds, but I naturally liked the fresh vegetables and it just made sense to me. Yeah. So anyway, I loved essential oils and someone at a dinner party said, can bathroom odor be trapped? And I saw it and I thought oil floats on water, like I can do this. How, and it's also <laughs> like, I remember when I first heard about what, what you created, I was like, how is nobody? <laughs> Has nobody created this thing before? But you, but you did, and, and maybe did. there were versions of it that never took off, or you know, who knows? It took me nine months to formulate it. Okay, oh, to for get it, it to right. work. So probably people tried it and they were like, oh, it, we thought it was going to work, but we, but it didn't. But yeah. because you keep trying. Yes, because oil actually beads up on water, so it had to be emulsified, and so it took me really pretty close to nine months. And then one day, my uh, husband at the time walks out of the bathroom. You know, I annoyed everyone. My friends, my family, my neighbors. I would, they'd come over and I'd go, do you have to poop? And they'd be like, what? That is not appropriate. It's not <laughs> appropriate. I'm like, I'm making this bathroom spray and they would back off like two feet, which is why I named it Poopery. I knew it had to be funny. Because right. I saw people, they don't want to talk about bathroom odor. Mm -hmm. Anyway, one day my ex-husband walks out of the bathroom and he was like, oh my God, we're going to be millionaires. And because that became the beginning of poopery. Yeah, it worked. Oh my gosh! Yep. And, and it's 100% natural. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's amazing. Explain that. And, and also, while you're explaining that, I guess, can you explain why that's important? I think there's like a total disconnect. There's definitely a group of people that really understand. Okay, there are some, there's some major chemical stuff happening that's, that that is long-term harmful to us, even short-term harmful to us. And then there's a, you know, people that are starting to understand this. Mm -hmm. So can you explain from your perspective why it was important to do it naturally? Because you could have easily done like a, just a chemical spray. Yeah, and I think that's because I grew up, I was always sensitive, so I always, again, liked natural foods, natural mm -hmm. products, and um, I, what, it, what it was is I was in tune with my body, so I knew, like I had, I used to think I had a weak immune system. I would run around and tell everybody, like, I can't eat that stuff because I get sick, oh. and I thought my immune system was weak. When I was younger, but because you everybody else paid attention to your I body. I paid attention to my body. Yeah. I knew if I ate junk food, yeah. I was sick, right? So I just naturally realized, like, oh, when I eat things that don't have, they're not processed or no chemicals in them, I feel better. So I just naturally leaned towards mm -hmm. doing that. And for me and our company, most people didn't even know the product was natural for the first probably 10 years mm -hmm. because it didn't matter to people back then. True. It just mattered that it worked. Yeah. So for me, our baseline in our company is that it has to be natural. But we really didn't even tell the world about it. We're like, it works. It's great. It gets rid of your poo smell. And everybody was like, oh, we love it. And I'm like, by the way, it's natural. You know? Yeah. Well, and now with this new line, I mean, it was like it started with a spray, and now, um, and I've been able to try some of the stuff. We tried the, we had a smelly day at the, the TV station, yeah. And so we tried the spray. It worked like magic. They were oh. like, "What is this potion Jenny brought in?" <laughs> and so we were able to try some of the supernatural stuff. Explain what, like, what this expansion is to you. What made you decide to go, you know, to go forward with that? Yeah. So um, this happened maybe like I think my mom passed away six years ago, and she passed away of leukemia that was caused by. MDS and MDS I think it's called mild aplastic syndrome and um, the doctor at MD Anderson I said what caused this and he said oh it's caused by chemical exposure and to 
sit there and watch my mother pass away from something that could be avoidable. And it's caused mainly by benzene. And benzene's in, uh, my mom was a secret smoker, you know, oh, she drank Coca-Cola all day, sunscreens, mothballs, yeah. which were all over my mother's house. So gasoline, you know, all these things. And um, I just, it was just horrifying. And I remembered I used natural uh, products in my house, but really horrible ones. Like I would make the vinegar and water and they smell bad and most of them didn't work. Oh my gosh, you're like me and nobody wants to come over. No. Like, but it's healthy to come over. I'm, I'm a safe place. Yeah, and they're like, no, it doesn't smell good, you know? And I just said, someone has to do better. You know, someone has to do better. And I'll tell you, I spent two years and close to $2 million developing the formulations because it was, it's, 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 way more challenging. I think the reason a lot of big companies don't actually do it is because of the time and research to get the, to get the naturals to work as well as the chemicals. And that's the thing I will say, supernatural, like our stainless steel cleaner, our, these wood floors have been cleaned with it for probably six years. They're stunning, they're 120 years old. But I use oils to actually do a job. Mm. So I'm using oils in addition to other plant ingredients. Um, and I'm super proud of them, they're amazing. And I think that our bodies actually respond. So the issue with synthetics, it's not that they're, what's not great about them is our bodies don't register them as natural. You know, when there's a plant or something as close to the earth as possible, our bodies actually register that better. It's more in harmony, sure. right? And when you start putting chemicals that are synthetic or man-made, our bodies don't, the same thing like with GMO foods, right? Our bodies just don't respond to it as well. It doesn't mean that at some point we can't evolve out of that or something may happen, but at this point, bodies do better with organic, non-GMO, plant-based, they really do. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got the products. When, when you think about all these different, however many, we're like not even sure how many businesses before. Lots. You, you talked about alignment. Is this why this business has worked? It's like, why was this the one that worked? Is it because you were in alignment? Or what do you think it was? Yeah, I think because I didn't need the business to give me anything. Before, I needed, I needed the business to prove who I am, to, to fill, fill that part inside of me that was missing. And when that part wasn't missing, when it was filled up, then, you know, I'm happy, the business is happy, so I can make decisions in the business also. One of the things, we don't get up too big of a tangent, but I see especially a lot of women, you know, they'll take uh, investors that aren't ideal and then they end up losing their company. You know, the big story is, I was a woman, I lost my company to a male investor, you know? To, to all, all, the all the time. All the time. It's a, it's a thing that happens all the time because they have to make those decisions because they're too almost desperate that they have mm -hmm. the company has to work mm -hmm. for me the company's never had to work because I know right now I can put on a backpack and I can walk out the street and I'm gonna be fine mm -hmm. you know I've been broke mm -hmm. I know I lived you know and actually became happy so it's okay <laughs> yeah oh, does that okay. make sense so, so you weren't it wasn't there was like not that that fear of failure what did not exist yeah. not because you were so confident but because the outcome was irrelevant. Yes. Like you wanted people to get the products, you wanted people to try them, but if they did not, or if an investor wasn't aligned, then it was like, 
Okay. Yeah, so it's like, okay, you know, we'll just stay small and we'll just keep growing and we'll be happy. And so I didn't have that pressure that I had to, and we have a lot of pressure in Western civilization right now. You know, you have to have more followers. You have to, your business has to scale. It has to grow. It has to be faster. It's like, oh my God, settle down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what if you're just happy? Right, but, so, but you didn't settle. I mean, how big is your business now? Like, what are, what are we, I mean, it's big. How, how, many, how many employees are there? Well, we have probably 70 to 80 employees. Um, so we're small as far as that, because we don't do our own manufacturing or fulfillment. Okay. So we're ma mainly a creative marketing operations company. Um, but you know, it's valued at somewhere around 500, maybe $600 million. And, um, but you know, we're happy. So that's interesting. <laughs> I, I just did an interview um, last week about um, with this woman who's a, she coaches entrepreneurs and she was she was like the new the new generation of successful people are the people who enjoy what they're doing. And I was like, wow, what a novel concept. No, that's it. <laughs> so that was one of the things. And, and I said to myself, when I'm coming back into business, because remember, I deemed myself the, I, Un sworn off. To, yeah. I'm like, I am. I said, you know what? I am not going to do the things the way I did in the past, because what hurts worse than losing all your money is realizing you didn't have a good time in the first place. So yeah, I was like, like, it was like you ruined relationships, friendships, oh, yeah. your health. Yeah. Oh, I did all the like, you know, I'll do you a favor. You do me one. I'll go to lunch with a cute guy just because I know that I need the deal. Like all those kind of sideways, a little yeah. bit sleazy moves that are very common in business. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just don't do those anymore. I don't owe anybody anything. Nobody owes me anything. We're good. <laughs> Isn't that a nice way to feel? Okay, so you know, when this this segment's called Second Shot, and we talk about, you know, we talk to people who have had second shots, who have taken second shots. You've had twenty-seven thousand shots, yes. and here we are. Did you ever? Um, we're here. By the way, we're here in her home. For people watching the TV version, we're here in her home, which is. Um, I don't even know what to. I, I don't know if I have the proper language to describe it. Um, how would you describe your home? And did you ever picture you would live in a place like this? No, I never imagined that, um, and I feel very blessed, <laughs> all pun intended. Um, I live in a decommissioned 120-year-old um, Methodist church. So It's incredible, and, and it's, I mean, how long did it take you to, to do all this? This wasn't supposed to be part of the interview, but I'm my curiosity, like I cannot yeah. help it because it's, it's just so, it's so interesting, and it's so creative. It feels mm. like an extension of you in yeah. here. Yeah, thank you. Well, what was amazing is I bought it right at the time I was getting divorced. So a lot of people say, how long did it take you to remodel the church? And I usually say, ask the church how long it took to remodel me, uh, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was being remodeled at the same time. You know, I was rebuilding my life mm -hmm. as myself. As a single person. As a single person versus, you know, when my children were grown versus, you know, mom, wife, yeah. that thing. Um, but it took probably around three years to get it to where it is now. You know, we, it's a constant, it's 120 well, years old. Of there's always something. There's but, oh, yes, there's always something. We're yes. waiting here in case somebody wants to come in and pray. Like, I don't know what, we're, totally. we're, just, we're just available for everybody. We're available, <laughs> we're available for the, you know, the leak that happens because, you know, they're part of the roof, you know. It's, yeah. uh, but that's the beauty of taking care and it's really an honor to take care of something that's so old and Really, it's a historic property here in Dallas. So. It, it's incredibly special. You seem like Thank somebody you. who enjoys that process as well. Yes. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's an honor. Yeah, you because know? some people would say, oh my God, even just the way that you describe it, you know, it, it's like, you guys, I look at like the way Susie's describing this and, and so many of us would say, oh, 
It's a lot, you guys. It's it's hard. It's inconvenient. Yeah. It's uh, you know something's always breaking. Something's always pulling. And you're it calling is. it an honor. Just like that little shift of a language, I think is yeah. um, is something to be learned. Is yeah. that something that you learned in that when you went to that workshop and kind of like changed your life, or is this the that, way that workshop you or the hundred workshops? Yeah. Okay, okay. Was it a lot? Well, what's your personal development journey been oh like? Oh my gosh, it's been gosh, how old am I? Fifty-seven. So it's been about eighteen, nineteen years, um, and it's I have been you know everywhere. I've been to India, to the jungles of Peru. I've been to tons of workshops. Really, I say that my personal development is probably more my full-time job, and I happen to be an entrepreneur on the side. But you have to understand, not only did I have my own life to clean up and things that I did mm -hmm. and circumstances I was in, you know, suicide attempts, you know, abusive marriages, sexual abuse, you know, all these things, I had to clean that up. But then that also is generational. So it's not just us, it is generations past. As a matter of fact, when I made the Forbes list a couple years ago, I spent like three or four hours just, oh, I still get weepy about that, um, laying on the kitchen floor. And afterwards, I was telling my family, I said, you know, have you seen someone collapse after a long, like a marathon yeah. over the finish line? And they said, yeah. And I said, that's what I feel like, except I didn't even know I was in a race. Oh, did people and put you in the race? No, like, did I Forbes did. put you in it or did you put it no, you in it? No, I put myself in it to break generational poverty. Okay. Because both sides of my family. So that I didn't understand really what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And what I know is that's broken. Mm -hmm. You know, um, even. Because you're whole as you are. Exactly. Yeah. And money doesn't have anything to do with it. It is a mindset that is inside. Like my family, I've watched, I just had a grandson, right? Congratulations, <laughs> Thank I can't you. wait to talk about the grandson. Thank you. And my son, and watching my son with his child, that's where, oh, again, I get so weepy. It's like my shoulders drop mm -hmm. and I just think, oh, okay, there's hope for our future generations that a lot of those patterns like I could have, I had a choice. I could have continued those patterns on or I could take the time to heal. And okay. when you heal, you not only heal yourself, you are healing future generations, yeah. right? And so when you think about your grandson and what his yeah. experience in life will be versus oh. yours, um, you know, in that little, like I just, my daughter's four. And so I keep thinking of you as a four-year-old and you say, oh gosh, I get weepy. I think, my gosh, I know. a four-year-old, you know, doing that, but it also provided you with this, unique skill set. Um, what, what do you think about your you know, upbringing and what you've stopped generationally so that your grandson will be able to experience um, you know, some, some probably wholeness from the beginning? Yeah, um, just watching, you know, my son has also done his own work. So Amazing. yeah, it's incredible. He's been doing it for about 15 years. And just watching, um, my grandson's name Cosmo is Cosmo River and can you guys with that name that's amazing <laughs> okay there no other names will ever be greater okay keep going. That's awesome. he's adorable and just watching the way you know they spent three days in the home alone um, you know house mm -hmm. by themselves nobody else got I didn't get to meet him till the fourth day because they wanted him to feel safe you know they've only had maybe five different people meet him over the first three weeks of his life. Super intentional. Super intentional um, and just to watch the care and concern and you put that against how my son was born into an abusive marriage. You know, it's just the contrast is so much 
but I know that that has to have impact in Cosmo's life as he goes forward. Of course. You know, those things do impact us, whether we wanted to be in the situation or not in the situation. And the thing that the only responsibility that we have is to actually go in and heal that, right? Right. Because if not, those patterns keep continuing. At some point it has to stop. And I made the choice early on, like this stuff's stopping here. Mm -hmm. Like it's not gonna move forward in my family. And I think sometimes we think about parenting and we think that it's like, you know, oh, if you mess up when they're four or five or something, 18, well then it's done. But you no. let set an example for your son even because a lot of your growth happened like way later in life. Completely. Right? And so yeah. can you talk about that? You, I think you mentioned the, what, bankruptcy at 38. So for a lot of people at 38, they're like, well, that's it. Well, 19 you and know, 38. 19 and 38. Yeah. So, so in the, and wait, how old did you say you are now? I'm 57. Okay, she said that, but I thought, I think I misheard that. Okay, she's actually 57, which is actually kind of unbelievable. There's your endorsement for toxin-free products. Um, <laughs> if you ever need one, I don't care about the ingredients, but look at Susie. Um, but, you know, you think about that and, and sort of like being able to just keep going. Yeah. Because I think there can be like that place where you think, okay, well, my dreams didn't work out yeah. and here I am in you know, my 30s or 40s or 50s, but you're showing people that, I mean, you just created a new line in your 50s. I created a new line in my 50s and I started poopery when I was 42. Yeah. You know, it's 15 years old um, and April's our 15 year anniversary. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, and again, in society right now, we think you have to be a billionaire by the time you're 30. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? You don't even know who you are. because all those people are flying to space. I know. All these billionaires keep going to space. <laughs> Would someone stay here with us? <laughs> no. um, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that is. And there's so much comparison, like you mentioned, about just social media and you see what people are doing and it can be very anxiety-provoking. Yeah, um, it's I like wanna... I gotta be in this race. Yes. It's like, yeah. for what? Yeah, for where are we what? Go, where are we going? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was just coming to your fabulous house. Like, that, that was it for me. <laughs> check, check. We're done. Um, I want to talk about personal development because yes. for, for, this is like a very, uh, the, the audience for these segments are very into just like personal development and continued growth. And I think there can be like that high when you leave a conference or when you even have a good therapy yeah. session or something like that. Um, and then you look up in a couple of days and you're like, wait, oh. Shoot, I'm back to where Hold I was on. before. <laughs> yeah. So how do you how do you maintain like the the results that you've seen through your personal development? Well, uh, I actually teach a course called Alive OS um, as well. And what I found is, and one of my friends, I was just recently uh, with him, um, and he said that um, this world famous um, pop star taught him you only have to get 1% better a day. That's it. And he was talking about working out and also about your craft. Mm. So we think we have to become better all of a sudden overnight. And he was talking about working out, but he said, he said I go and I work out and I think 1% today, 1% better today, right? So that slow growth, I have had at least 80% of the time, I've had a weekly therapy session for 18 years. The reason I do that, I call it good hygiene. It's not because I felt I was crazy, I mean, early on, probably. But now, it's like I can get things off my chest, I can resolve a lot of stuff, I don't keep it inside. It's mm -hmm. almost like going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a safe place that I don't have to vomit all over my friends or family, that I can just go and talk to someone and go, blah, 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 you know? And then it's like, okay, great, I feel better, thanks. 
Yes. You know, I'll see you next week. Yes. It's, it's, it's really a release. Uh -huh. It's the same thing as, you know, we can detoxify our bodies, but are we detoxifying our mind? Mm -hmm. So That's I have important. always done that. And then I've done lots of like, you know, plant medicines and I've done lots of therapies. I've, I've done a lot. So, um, but also I had a lot to heal. So, and you look at the, you look at the trajectory, it worked. You know, I was really trying anything and everything to, um, like I was determined to change my life. And if you, and you are determined, and I did, I did. And that's why I'm passionate about talking to people about it. It's like pretty much wherever you are. Uh, one of my teachers, Byron Katie, used to say that a man behind bars can be a free man and a man outside of bars can be a prisoner. So it really depends upon working on your mindset. And every 1% a day, if you can get 1% better a day and continue being 1% better a day, that adds up cumulatively into an amazing life. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful message. I think that the way we went backwards to forwards is, is special. And I think that, you know, it can be abundantly clear to people. Okay, wow. Now we can see how, we can see how this story turned out. We don't know how our, you know, all of our stories, yeah. we don't know how they will turn out, but so far, it seems like you have made major progress. Um, I want to give you congratulations on your grandson. Thank you. Oh my gosh. He's so sweet. That is so exciting. It is such a joy. Uh, just, I just spent three weeks down in Austin. I lived like a few blocks from them. And I wasn't, I didn't really see him that much, you know, an hour or two sure. a day. But I was just there, just, I was a safety net. Like if anything goes wrong, I'm here. When they were great. Oh my gosh. And, and I wonder if it feels, what does your, your son think of you know what does your family think of the success of your businesses have because they were the people that saw you kind of go through it all yeah you know I'll tell you um, my children actually asked me for less than anyone mm. you know they're so amazing because they've lived two worlds as well uh, they lived certainly. they lived with us you know being bankrupt and they've lived with us having money so what I love is they of course money affords you freedom you know, some sort of freedom that you don't get or some luxuries in life. I mean, you have a swing in your house. So. I do have a swing in my house. So, yes. yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but also, they also know that that's not it. You know, yeah. they're very grounded. And, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, they're all very determined to make their own money. And, uh, yeah, one of my children, I won't say which one, actually told me once because I'd given them a little bit of stock in the company. I thought this would be a nest egg for them someday. And one of my children said, you know, it's a little bit of an insult. And I said, what? And they said, it's like you don't think I can make it myself. And I was like, good on you. Wow. <laughs> well, honey. <laughs> I was uh, like, okay. Oh my gosh. I said, well, donate it and then make your own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep, the, keep the generosity flowing. Well, thank you so much, Susie. You're mm. incredible. I could talk to you for hours and hours. This has been such a special conversation. Mm. I know it's going to be valuable for anybody who hears it. Um, where can people find you, connect with you, follow? Where's the mm. you know best, best place to kind of get on the Susie train and, and, and follow along with everything that's happening? Thank you so much. Um, Instagram, Suzy Batiz, um, S-U-Z-Y-B-A-T-I-Z. I check my DMs there. I do my own Instagram. Um, and then my website, suzybatiz.com. Um, you can find me, find out about LiveOS and all of our other products. Um, yeah, I'd awesome. love to, I love to chat. I love to, especially if you're in a tough place or a tough position, reach out. There's so much help. 
That's another thing I get really emotional and teary about. Those times when we think that we have to end it all, I think what we don't know is there's so many people that want to really help, help mm. us, whether it's lending us an ear, a hand, uh, giving us, you know, just being there, that there's a lot of people out there. So don't ever forget that you're, you know, don't ever think you're alone. There's, oh. there's you know, uh, I'm the person that like, oh, here you go, come on. Um, yeah. yeah, in a live OS, I give at least 50% of those scholarships. We've had people that have been homeless, in jail, um, that have just making amazing, amazing changes in their life. And I know if somebody had given me, and lots of people gave me little chances and little hands up. Mm -hmm. um, so it's such an honor to be able to do that as well. Oh, it's beautiful that you're doing it. Okay, you guys, we'll link everything up in the show notes and on CW33.com. As you know, these uh, hopefully uplifting and deep episodes come out every Thursday. You can find them all at secondshotpodcast.com, and we'll talk to you soon.